This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Hello and thanks for downloading today's podcast. I'm Lucy Hickmott. It's Wednesday, August the 25th. And first up today, the number of coronavirus deaths in Kent has more than tripled in the space of a month. 17 were recorded in the second week of August, compared to four in the same period for July. Latest figures show COVID cases are also continuing to rise. More than 5,100 people tested positive in the week to last Wednesday. That's 10% more than the previous seven days. But hospitalisations don't seem to have gone up, with just over 100 people currently being treated for coronavirus in the county. Professor Martin Michaelis is a virologist at the Uni of Kent. I'm always concerned because we don't know what is going to follow and what is going to happen. And obviously it takes a while. It takes about two weeks from cases really going up to hospitalizations going up. Um, so, So we don't know what is going to happen. And we know that many areas in which restrictions were released earlier now are struggling. We know Israel they are frantically trying to, to administer booster jabs, jabs although they're highly, uh, 78% of the over 12-year-olds in Israel are already vaccinated, and they are still in trouble. We just had this drop in cases that nobody understood, and we will have to learn what that was. It might well have been that the Euros have introduced an extra peak, and when we look back, maybe next year, we will see there was just a dent in the overall curve. Um, perhaps uh, uh, we don't, the cases will, will not rise to the levels that we all, we are all worried they could. But in the end, yeah, uh, the situation gets worse, should get worse when more people are inside, when the weather gets worse. So it's very difficult to predict. I would hope it would only become as bad as last year if there was a new variant against which the vaccines and previous infection do not provide much protection. We also don't know whether we are heading towards a bad flu season and we have a combination of flu and COVID-19. So what I would have liked to see is a slower opening. I would have liked to see the numbers coming down much further and and probably also a, a, a more consistent message that we still have to be careful. Well, this all comes as research suggests the protection given by two doses of some coronavirus vaccines starts to wear off within six months. The study shows the effectiveness of Pfizer in preventing infection dipped from 88% to 74%. AstraZeneca fell from 77 to 67%. Scientists looked at more than a million positive test results and say the risk of infection is still reduced by at least two-thirds. It does mean booster jabs will Will be needed. The Kent Online Podcast with Blue Butterfly, Earl Street Maidstone. A man who went on a terrifying rampage armed with a knife in Gravesend has been jailed for eight and a half years. Jacek Gralak broke into two homes on Rutan Road and Essex Road on Christmas Eve last year. The 25-year-old from Kent Road also attacked a man on the street and chased a woman inside her own property. Police have released video of the moment they tasered him before he was arrested. Taser, taser! 
where you are. Get on your front. Get on your front. Stay back, stay back. Stay down. Lay down. Hands behind your back. Do not make any sudden movements. Put them at the bottom of your back now. Put your hands at the bottom of your back. Freeze. Uh, you're under arrest for burglary. You do not have to say anything, but it may harm your defence. You do not mention when questioned something which you later rely on in court. Anything you do say may be given in evidence. You can see the footage in our story at Kent Online. Elsewhere today, detectives have given us a computer-generated image of a man they're looking for after a 14-year-old boy was stabbed in Chatham. The teenager was attacked after refusing to hand over his phone and wallet near Albany Road. He's since been treated in hospital and discharged. A woman's been left devastated after her parents' grave was vandalised for the second time in a month. Flowers and sentimental items were trashed at Faversham Cemetery. She's calling for CCTV to be introduced. Now, a French MP has defended how his country deals with the number of asylum seekers crossing the English Channel. A record 828 made the dangerous journey to the UK at the weekend. Pierre-Henri Dumont insists France hasn't lost control of its borders. We, we've got 800 migrants who succeeded in crossing the Channel last, uh, last weekend. But we stopped uh, almost 300 migrants uh, at the same time. The fact is, when you have more than 1,000 people uh, trying to cross at the same time on uh, dozens of different points alongside uh, hundreds of kilometers of shore, you cannot monitor all the points at the same time. And the only solution would be to have one or two police officers every 100 meters on a scale of 500, 600 kilometers from Belgium to Normandy. And that's not possible because of the lack of human resources. And British money will not help about that because we will need millions and millions uh, or maybe billions uh, to ensure that uh, we can stop everyone and to ensure that we have someone uh, every 100 meters. Uh, For the the last years that I'm totally uh, against uh, the UK giving money to France to monitor our border to help you stop migrants coming to the UK because we are now your customers. And that's normal for British taxpayers to ask for results. Results we cannot deliver because that's not uh, possible uh, because of the length of the show to make sure that, that there is zero migrants who are succeeding in crossing the channel. You know, uh, there is something about uh, British law, there is something about uh, internal French law. This is the international uh, sea law. And we cannot intercept someone who is not asking for help at sea. That's how it works. That's because of the UN, that's because of hundreds of years of uh, how we deal with waters uh, in all all the waters in the world. We cannot, we French authorities, intercept people who are not asking for help because of law, and then uh, we cannot risk uh, to intercept them uh, by force because there is a huge uh, risk for them to to drown because they will leave as they will try to to escape from from this uh, kind of aggression by the French authorities, and they will have higher risk to, to die into French or international waters. So basically, there is no legal basis on intercepting 
these people in, in uh, French waters. And there is, um, second point, a uh, very dangerous way to do that for their lives. And we need to all advocate French and British side that the, our first goal here in the channel should be to save life. The UK government say they're continuing to do all they can to stop people risking their lives to reach Kent. The Kent Online Podcast with Blue Butterfly, Earl Street Maidstone. There could be a bigger risk of product shortages at Sainsbury's stalls in Kent as lorry drivers threaten strike action. Staff at the DHL Distribution Centre in Dartford, which supplies supermarket branches across the county, are involved in a pay dispute. The Union Unite says 98% are backing industrial action, including walkouts. New aerial images show how work's going on a huge housing development in Canterbury. 750 homes are being built as part of the £40 million Saxon Field Scheme at Thannington. The first phase of the project is underway. You can see the pictures at Kent Online. A new bar could soon open inside a railway arch in Whitstable that's rumoured to be haunted. The Maid Inn want to take over the site beneath the train line in Oxford Street, where a Moroccan restaurant used to be. It would be their third branch in the county. Plans have been put forward to the council. And here's a lovely story that might inspire you. A boy who has cerebral palsy has completed a charity challenge, walking the equivalent of two marathons. Three-year-old Vincent Semester from Tenham near Sittingbourne covered a total of 56 miles over 29 days. He did it dressed as a superhero around his village and has raised more than £500 for good causes. Kent Online Sport. Football now and Gillingham are out of the Carabao Cup after losing to Cheltenham Town on penalties. The game finished one all after normal time at Priestfield last night. The visitors scored all five of their spot kicks and the Jills missed one. Manager Steve Evans says he was disappointed with the result. I think for the first 25 minutes, the performance was very good. Um, I think we played all the football, we got a goal. Um, I never seem to think it's it's going to be easy, and I think I think I think from there on we are poor. But I think it's two poor teams. And probably 25 minutes in, I think it's two poor teams, and it, and it goes to penalties. And listen, you take it when you win at Crawley, but you could go out there and we get it tonight. So we we wish Michael and Cheltenham good luck. You know, we're disappointed in our own performance. I don't speak about the opposition; they're going to do me. But it just looked two poor sides. I sat up above it for 70 minutes. The first 20 was good from us. I think they lost about five or ten after they got the goal. I think really it's a, it's a poor cup tie, but cup ties are a bit getting through, aren't they? Oh, I'm disappointed. I think, you know, you you go through crawling penalties and you take it, you get Charlotte at home and you think, you look at all the big clubs in the draw and then you think, well, if we get through that one, we, we have an opportunity. And I, I really do. I said it when Newport beat us in um, before in a similar situation a couple of years ago. I said, I hope they got one and they did. They got West Ham on the TV. So I hope they got a good draw. You know, he's a good guy, young manager. And, and we wish them well. You know, we don't look at them for no through in the cup tie. We look at a performance for 60 out of 90 minutes tonight, which was holding we off what we're about. Well, I think some players didn't take a chance again tonight. You're giving players chances and looking at different players come off the bench and introduce themselves and make a difference. And when you start them, they've not got the same impact. So, um, listen, we'll, we'll pick 
I think we'll have about 14 players on Saturday, but we'll, we'll pick the best 11 we can to get a result at Shrewsbury. The Jules boss, who was without a second striker in the squad, was forced to play defender Max Aimer up front in the second half after Vidane Oliver went off injured. With Oliver possibly now out for their league game at the weekend, Steve Evans says they have a massive problem and will speak to the chairman about bringing in another striker. He told our sports reporter Luke he'll be thinking about his future at the club if they don't get a replacement. If we don't go one in, it's, it's head-scratching time. It's really time to consider what I want to do. If, if, if Vidane's out and uh, we've, we're told to go with no strikers, that's not, not a project for me now. No, no, it's as serious as that, is it? Yeah, well, work out. We've got 14 players. Look. Mm. And the team coach got to Shrewsbury, we've probably got 13, 14 players. Two are goalkeepers. All them kids. Kids are proving not to be ready. They're not yeah. ready. So I started front of them and they're not ready. They will be. Yeah. And I've introduced them, despite you've seen coaches saying release them, etc. So we stood in front of them, but they're not ready. Barely showed it tonight. It's testing you to the max, this, isn't it? Yeah. It's not what I signed up for. But like I said last week, it doesn't change from last week. We get in the trenches. We make him in on tomorrow, and I might get the call that from Gary that Vidane's not as bad, and it, it suddenly is a, a little bit of a brighter picture. But we need one in with V anyway. Yeah. We need one in. Um, we, can't, we can't just be going to only one with 14 players. Listen, I go home tonight down and, and beaten up, but I'll, I'll bounce tomorrow. I'll bounce tomorrow and I'll be, I'll be back in the fight tomorrow. I'm just saying, if it, if it limits me to saying that if, and I'm hoping it's not the case, but every day was out and we're, we're that low in numbers, then why am I here? To bring somebody in open and not the end of the world. Why am I here? I care too much. I'm too good at my job to be in this situation. I don't leave my family three and four nights a week not to fight relegation battles. We've got, we've got to have a chance of winning games that they won. I'm, suggest- I'm not suggesting, I'm saying now, if we've lost those two players tonight, it's virtually impossible for us, as we are, to win games that they and two Kent table tennis players have both won their opening group matches at the Tokyo Paralympics. Will Bailey, who's from Tunbridge Wells and went on Strictly a couple of years ago, is aiming to defend his title from Rio. Ross Wilson from Minster on Sheppey is also in with a chance of a medal. That's all for today's podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also subscribe to the IM News app to get access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. BlueButterfly.co.uk